Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Kennard speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. As promised, I told you that I will do the best I can to give programs on Saturday, which is uh, a Shabbat or Sabbath day, for those who truly understand what that means. And so sometimes I'm going to not be available at 9 o'clock. I have a, a very challenging schedule, and I do the best I can to uh, give these programs. Uh, today's program is based on the context of July 4th, uh, Independence Day. What, what is independence? What What is liberty? Uh, do, do we understand what those things mean in this country? Certainly in the wake of the most abominable hearing in the history of the United States, um, I'm sure that other people would agree with me on that, uh, we we have really reached a state of heightened um, danger. Uh, we've reached a state of judgment for this nation. And need to brace ourselves for things that are to come, ladies and gentlemen. And I just, uh, I have to warn you, um, God gives his servants, and I'm not the only one, but he does give his servants uh, ability to understand the Bible so that his servants can warn you about what is to come. Uh, let me give you a scripture here. I didn't mean to quote the scripture, but uh, in Ezekiel chapter 3, Ezekiel chapter 3, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 3, it states the following. Moreover, he says unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest, eat this roll and the word roll in the Hebrew means a volume or a book or writing, and go speak unto the house of Israel. Now, again, you must understand who the house of Israel, I'm going to try to cover that a little bit today, but if you want detailed proof and evidence that the house of Israel consists today of the United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, this includes Canada, the countries in northwestern Europe, Austria, not Austria, Australia, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. Please go to the following website, www.britam.org. 
org. That's B as in boy, R as in rat, I as in it, T as in Tom, A as in apple, M as in mother, dot org. And be amazed and astounded at the information that you will find on that website. But the 12 tribes today consist of what I just told you. And then, of course, the little nation of Israel in the Middle East. But that really consists of the tribe of Judah with Benjamin merged in with Levi or Levi. So anyway, in verse 2, so now that you understand the truth of that, read it with that understanding. And so, you know, the House of Israel certainly includes the United States uh, in reference to future history or prophecy. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto the Son of Man, Cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, Son of Man, go, get thee into the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. Verse 5, For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Verse 6 of Ezekiel 3, Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language whose words you cannot understand. Surely, had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee, which is another Bible study telling you that God specifically did not go to the nations back then with his truth. Verse 7, but the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. For the, all the house of Israel are hard-headed and hard-headed. And that means uh, to be bold, to be bold, prideful, and hard-headed. And this is what he says, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have a problem from what he just said about our people, you go talk to him. He should know better than us, better than me, how we really are. And he's talking about collectively. He's not saying that everybody among America is like that. All right. And so we understand that about who Israel is. One of the things that we need to understand, and I did a quick uh, concordant search on liberty uh, in, in the Old Testament, Liberty simply means freedom. Uh, it means uh, also to be pure. And interestingly, when you use that same Hebrew word that is translated pure, that is also translated liberty, in Exodus 30, verse 23, is talking about the anointing oils. And, of course, the anointing oils were used to anoint the tabernacle. And, of course, we are a tabernacle ourselves now. Um, in addition to it still being or should be, there still should be a physical tabernacle as well, but that's another Bible study. But I just want to give you some insight and a little clarity on what liberty means. Now, also, the word liberty is used in the New Testament, and it is also translated to, to mean uh, remission, forgiveness, deliverance, pardon, and the word is also translated as far as being free of sins, <laughs> remission of sins. All right, then uh, Matthew 26, verse 28 states plainly, For this is the blood of the New Testament, or renewed testament, which is shed for many for the remissions or removal of sins. So that word liberty that is used in the New Testament is also translated remission. It means the same thing. 
that's the type of liberty that we need, need to be seeking, the liberty of not sinning. And then also is translated forgiveness of sins as well. Uh, in Acts 26, verse 18, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Hasatan or Satan unto Yah, that means God in Hebrew, short, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. Sanctified means to be set apart, that is in me. So this is very interesting. Very interesting indeed. And so let's let's go highlight again. Liberty means to be pure, to to be pure of sin, to have your sins forgiven, to have your sins taken away. That's what true liberty means, according to the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. And unfortunately, in this country, we just don't have a proper understanding of what liberty is. And so, what is July 4th? Let's let's have a little history lesson here in reference to July 4th and what it all means and, and so forth. Uh, let's turn to Wikipedia, in this case. Uh, you can go to Wikipedia. <clears throat> it gives us... Um, definition or a synopsis of uh, July 4th says the Declaration of Independence is a statement adopted by the Continental Congress on July 4th, 1776, which announced that the 13 American colonies, then at war with Great Britain, and you know the reason why they were at war with Great Britain, because of taxes. (laughs) They were charged too much taxes. Anyway, regarded themselves as 13 newly independent sovereign states and no longer part of the British Empire. So let's understand something for those who have issues with history. Uh, July 4, 1776 was our official uh, request to separate ourselves from the British government. Instead, they formed a new nation, the United States of America. John Adams was the leader in pushing for independence, which was unanimously approved on July 2nd. A committee of five had already drafted a former declaration to be ready when Congress voted on independence. The term Declaration of Independence is not used in the document itself. All right, so that's what it is without me going into detail uh, with this. I just want to, one key part of this whole process is states here, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. When I read those words, it just just takes me back to the principles of the Bible, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it brings me to the Liberty Bell. The Liberty Bell. It's an iconic symbol, and I'm getting this from Wikipedia. Of American independence, located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia is used as one of the um, characteristics of the assemblies or churches in Revelation 2 and 3. Philadelphia simply means brotherly love. Formerly placed in the steeple in Pennsylvania State House, now renamed Independence Hall, the bell today is located in the Liberty Bell Center in Independence National Historic Park. The bell was commissioned from the London firm, now Here we go again with the linkage between Britain and the United States. So the bell was commissioned from the London firm of Lester and Pack in 1752. Cast with the lettering, proclaim liberty throughout the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. 
which is a biblical reference from the book of Leviticus. Leviticus 25, verse 10. The bell first cracked when rung after his arrival in Philadelphia and was twice recast by local workmen John Pass and John Stoll, whose names, whose last names appear on the bell. In his early years, the Liberty Bell was used to summon lawmakers to, to legislative sessions and to alert citizens to public meetings and proclamations. This is very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, about this bell. Now, let's read the passage of Scripture where uh, the lettering is on the actual bell. And it's interesting that it has a crack in it right now. Actually, let's find out when the crack was... um, it says, the bell acquired a distinctive large crack sometime in the early 19th century. A widespread story claims it cracked while ringing after the death of Chief Justice John Marshall. Chief Justice John Marshall in 1835. So that's very interesting here. I need to look into detail about that. But it's cracked right now. And it wasn't cracked originally. Now keep in mind that already in the uh, 19th century, uh, people were going, getting away from the Bible, and the Bible was not really um, made an important textbook even in the 19th century in the classroom. So that may have had something to do with that crack. It may have been symbolic. But anyway, let's go to Leviticus chapter 25, verse 10. Now this is in the context of a Shemitah year or a seven-year, um, a yearly Shabbat, which is used to rest the land and to also um, free those who are slaves, who don't want to be slaves anymore, and so forth. And actually, in this context, it's talking about the Jubilee, which according to the Jewish calendar should happen next year. But anyway, Leviticus 25, verse 8, let's get the context here. It says, and thou shalt... Number seven Shabbats of years unto thee, seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Shabbats of years shall be unto thee forty-nine years. Verse 9, Then shall thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. That's one of the high holy days of God. Verse 10, And you shall go in the archives. I do have a Bible study on Yom Kippur, so you can understand what the day of atonement is. Leviticus 25, verse 10, And you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land, purity, remission from sins, throughout all the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and you shall return every man into his possession, and you shall return every man into his family. A jubilee year is like a, sh- a super Shemitah year. It's a super Shemitah year, a super Shabbat year. And in verse 11, A jubilee shall that 50th year be unto you. You shall not sow neither reap that which groweth of itself, nor gather the grapes of, in it, of the vine undressed. It simply means that if you're a farmer, you do not um, till the ground, and you don't do what you normally do during the seventh year, and the land should be rested. And it states here, For it is a jubilee, in verse 12, It shall be holy unto you. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field, and this year the jubilee you shall return every man into his possession. And if thou shalt... So it's economic liberty, from oppression. That's what this represents, ladies and gentlemen. That's the simplest way I can describe it without going into detail. 
because uh, I won't be able to <laughs> finish this program today, and I have to finish it today uh, in 30 minutes. So uh, I have 13 minutes left. And so that gives you a simple definition of that. And then Yeshua talked about, well, actually, let me read it again. Leviticus 25, verse 10, And you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. So that is what is engraved on the liberty bell in Philadelphia. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and you shall return every man into his possession, and you shall return every man into his family. This, the liberty bell, proves that we have something to do with Israel, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know of any other nation that has a liberty bell like we do in our country. 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and to receive and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. He wants to free us from sin, free us from being captive to sin, ladies and gentlemen. But this country has failed in the mission and the purpose of the Jubilee. We have failed to free people from oppression, from sin. Instead, we are embracing sin. And because of that, we are in trouble. Jeremiah 34, verse 12 to 17 is a prophecy. It was a prophecy for back then. It's a prophecy for today. Let's understand a role of understanding prophecy. Ecclesiastes. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9. The thing that has been, it is which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is new no there is no new thing under the sun. Verse 10. Is there anything wherefore it may be said, see, this is new? It has been already of old time, which was before us. Okay, so that is a rule to understanding prophecy. Many other prophecies has an actual end time fulfillment. All right, so I just wanted to point that out. Another definition of liberty, or in the context of liberty, Psalm 119, verse 145 says, And I will walk at liberty. And how do we walk at liberty? At purity, at remission from sins. For I seek thy precepts. I seek thy precepts. Precepts means commandments. Okay, that's what it means. And so that is how we seek liberty, is by seeking the commandments of God, ladies and gentlemen. Not doing what we want. Uh, just, if it feels good, do it. Um, well, we're free in this country. We can do whatever we want. No, that's, that's not the purpose of, of liberty, Bible-wise. Jeremiah 34, verse 12 to 17. Therefore, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, and keep in mind that Jeremiah is a prophet to the nations. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I made a covenant or agreement with your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondmen, saying, At the end of seven years, let ye go every man his brother and Hebrew, which has been sold unto thee, and when he has served thee six years, thou shalt let him go Free from thee. Now, it is a Shemitah year right now, according to the Jewish calendar, which is very accurate when it, in reference to the Shemitah years. But your fathers hearkened not unto me, neither inclined their ear, and you were now turned and had done right in my sight, in proclaiming liberty every man to his neighbor. And you had made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name, 
but you turn and polluted my name and caused every man his servant and every man his handmaid whom you had set at liberty at their pleasure to return and brought them into a, to a subjection, oppression, to be unto you for servants and for handmaids. Therefore, thus says the Lord, you have not hearkened unto me in proclaiming liberty. Every one to his brother and every man to his neighbor, behold, I proclaim a liberty for you, says the Eternal, to the sword, which means war, to the pestilence, which means diseases, and to famine, which means you don't have food and you're struggling economically. And I will make you to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. This is a prophecy, ladies and gentlemen, because if you study Leviticus chapter 26, it's talking about the same thing. In detail, we're going to suffer because we have not been keeping the Shemitah year like we should in this country, which was founded on the Bible. And so, folks, we need to brace for what's going to happen in the future. And I have stated on this program, the last few programs, about the abomination of allowing same-sex marriage in every state. God is going to punish us. Uh, he's going to warn before he does it, and this is the reason why you're getting warnings from all kinds of people, people of notoriety. Uh, Mr. James Dobson, the, the, this is the end of civilization, um, Western civilization as we know it. I agree. If we don't repent, it is certainly the end of um, Western civilization. Uh, Billy Graham is speaking out against it. Says, hey, God uh, more than likely is going to judge us for this. And so, I, you know, I'm not the only one talking about these things. Amos 3, verse 6, it says, When the shofar is blown in the city, don't the people tremble? Can disaster befall a city without Adonai's having done it? In verse 7, Adonai, God, does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. And what I'm doing is preaching to you from the Word of God, what the Word of God is going to say, that those that are a part of Israel, they will be punished for disobeying him. And for those who don't think we're a part of Israel, um, I've already gave you that website, but uh, a simple proof as well is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. It says, For brothers, I don't want you to miss the significance of what happened to our fathers. I'm reading this in the complete Jewish Bible version. All of them were guided by the pillar of cloud, and they all passed through the sea. Now, keep in mind that Shaul, or Paul, is writing this to a Gentile assembly or church. So listen up. Connection with the cloud and with the sea, they all immersed themselves into Moshe, uh, Moses, and also they ate the same food from the, from the Spirit. Verse 4, And they all drank the same drink from the Spirit, for they drank from a Spirit-sent rock which followed them, and that rock was the Messiah, which means that the God of the Old Testament was the Messiah, which is another Bible study. Verse 5, Yet with the majority of them, Yah was not pleased, so their bodies were thrown across the desert. Verse 6, Now these things took place, as a prefigurative historical event, warning us not to set our hearts on evil things as they did. Don't be idolaters, as some of them were as a Tanakh, which means uh, Old Testament puts it. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they got up to indulge in, in uh, robbery. Verse 8, and let us not engage in sexual immorality, as some of them did, with the consequence that 23,000 died in a single day. And verse 9, and let us not put the Messiah to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by snakes. 
in verse 10. This is a big problem in this country and around the world, particularly in this country, though. And don't grumble or complain, as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroying angel. In verse 7, these things happen to them as a prefigurative historical event or prophecy. And they were written down as a warning to us who are living in the Akarit Hayamim, or the days before the coming of the Messiah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is proof that we certainly, believers, because believers also, no matter if you are in those geographical areas I mentioned, you get grafted, you become a part of the house of Israel as well. But I quoted that because I do get challenged. Uh, people say, we're not a part of Israel. Yes, we are. Any believer is a part of Israel. But also the Bible reveals specifically where the majority of Israel resides. And we do have some scattered outside those regions uh, that I mentioned, the United States, uh, the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in northwestern Europe, um, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. We do have some people scattered in other countries that are believers of Yeshua, that believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They are also grafted in the house of Israel. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I just hope that you understand what real liberty is, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty is not a license to sin. It's not, it doesn't give you permission to go and sin. Um, the Bible gives us warning. In Galatians 5, verse 13, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but to love and serve one another. And we are not doing that. The liberty bell, bell is cracked for a reason. We are not loving each other. We're not having brotherly love toward one another. And that's another reason why this country will be cursed even more, even more. In First Peter 2, verse 16, it says, As free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. And see, right now, our current state, country in Second Peter 2, verse 19, why they promised them liberty. We, yeah, we, we say, oh, we're free, we're free, we can be gay, we can do this, we can do that. They themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought in bondage. And right now our country is in bondage, is not free. We don't have true liberty because we're not obeying the laws of God, which the Declaration of Independence was founded on. The words of God, ladies and gentlemen. And so I leave you with that. This nation must repent if we don't want to see further curses upon this nation. I'm going to quote the scripture again in closing. Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. Verse 7. At what instance? I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up and to pull down and to destroy it. Verse 8, if that nation against whom I pronounce turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and plant it. If it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, and I will repent of the good, whereof I said I will benefit them. And so, please, remember that. The abominable ruling was done on Tammuz 9. Um, eventually that became Tammuz 17. And then you're just like, what, what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about uh, the fact that we are in the time now of the three weeks, which begins today. 
the three and this is a Jewish uh, traditional observance. The three weeks is an annual mourning period that falls out in the summer. This is when we mourn the destruction of the Holy Temple and are launched into a still ongoing exile. The period begins on the 17th of the Hebrew month of Tammuz, which is today, on July 4th. A fast day that marks the day when the walls of Jerusalem were breached by the Romans in 69 CE. So this is significant for uh, July 4th to happen on this day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we need to fast. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray that we will repent. That's the only way that destruction, the beginning of destruction, will not occur for this nation, ladies and gentlemen. And remember that uh, June 26th, the original date for Tammuz 17 was Tammuz 9, and it was um, Tammuz 9 was observed as a fast day until the second breaching of Jerusalem's walls by the Romans, Tammuz 69 CE, at which time the fast was moved to that date. So let's remember that, and let's pray for God to have mercy on our nation, and let's pray that... Um, our leaders repent. Shalom, peace, and God willing, I'll be available to you next week. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.